Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and I am joined, as always, by the dynamic Joe Fordyce, our Flyers pre- and post-game live producer. Joe, the Flyers avoided a crisis on uh, Tuesday night by beating the Sabres 5-4. They needed a shootout to do it. They needed a comeback to do it. As we know, they probably shouldn't have needed either of those two to do that. Uh, The Sabres came in on uh, a seven-game losing streak. They had an NHL low, 15 points. They were without Jack Eichel, but the Flyers got it done. So they avoided that crisis, but they do have a little bit of uh, worries in net right now. Their franchise goalie, 22-year-old Carter Hart, is struggling. He does not look like himself, the guy that uh, really came onto the scene last season and showed exactly why people believe he is the future in net for the Flyers. He has a 3.61 goals against average. He was pulled from the game after the first period. It's the third time he was pulled. Um, So naturally, there are some concerns. Uh, I think within the Flyers organization, within their locker room, uh, they all believe in Carter Hart. They all know he's the future, uh, and they're not overly concerned about him. But on the outside, you have to be concerned because this is a shortened season. And the guy that was really deemed probably your most important player to your postseason chances and your chances at a postseason run uh, really does not look like himself. And now all of a sudden you're really having to rely on a veteran goalie, Brian Elliott, who's been great, but he's turning 36 soon. And we know you can't totally ride him. Uh, You need to be able to balance the two between Hart and Elliott. Long story short, the Flyers have some concerns in net, Joe. How concerned are you about Carter Hart? And what have you seen from him this year compared to last year? You know, it's funny. Um, I would say the con- what I'm most concerned with with Hart doesn't even involve on the ice. Because last year, if he had a bad game, um, he was almost stoic in his response to a bad game. Um, never seemed like anything got to him. That post-game press conference last night, he looked like I've never seen him before. And to me, that is more concerning than what's on the ice because then it starts to creep in like, okay, is he going to bounce back from adversity or a bad game or getting pulled? Um, As concerning as his play is on the ice and, you know, he's been getting beat glove side and, and not, you know, obviously last night, one of those goals goes off ghosts, sick can't fault him there and you know there's clearly defensive breakdowns um but he he's not playing well he's not telling that's not an there's no argument about that 
he's telling you himself. I mean, he used an expletive to describe, uh, you know, to describe the way he was playing last night in the press conference. But I would say his demeanor in that post-game media availability was what stuck out to me as the most concerning thing this season so far about Hart. Yeah, you couldn't help but be empathetic and sympathetic when, you're wa- when you were watching that post-game interview with Carter Hart. He was emotional. Um, you could tell this was wearing on him. And I remember the, the, the more I've covered him, going back to even when he was drafted, going back to his development camps and when we got to speak to him there, uh, there was times where I was like, man, if, this, if the pressure gets to this kid, that's okay. Like, being, being a goalie in Philly at that age and being uh, kind of uh, – put on a pedestal as the guy at that young of an age in this city that's craved goaltending for quite some time. I, I told myself, Hey, if, if pressure gets to him a little bit early on, if he doesn't become the guy right away, that's okay. Like he, he should deserve that, um, that leeway and pressure did not get to him for a while. And I, I was amazed by it. I was like, well, this is incredible. This, this, this whole city, all of the pressure that comes with it has not gotten to him. This is the first time I've really seen it get to him. And like, hey, that happens. It happens, and I'm a, I was amazed that he went this long without it getting to him. But you watched him. He was emotional in that post-game press conference. He even used an expletive, as you said, Joe. And he said, I'm not, I don't feel like myself right now. And you wonder if that's even off the ice, if it's on the ice, if it's both. So it was hard to watch. It was hard to watch because you know he's only 22 years old, and, he's, and he just doesn't feel like himself. Uh, but, hey, this is, this is the big leagues, and he knows he needs to work through it. Um, but, yes. Carter Hart does not look like himself on the ice, and he certainly didn't look like himself off the ice. Uh, and the Flyers need and hope to get him right because uh, this is a shortened season, 56 games, and they're already uh, 24 into it, I believe. Or no, t- excuse me, 23 into it. Uh, they are 13-7-3. Uh, and there's not a lot of time for rest, not a lot of time for breaks. Uh, you need to kind of play through your struggles, and I think the Flyers are going to look for him to do that. They're going to rely on Brian Elliott but they're going to have to get Carter Hart back up on the horse uh, and he's going to have to work as much as he can on the ice. Yeah. You know what? It's interesting because I don't know if you took this the same way that that demeanor last night in that media availability, it it almost seemed it had like this cry for help feel to it. Yeah. Um, You know, I don't feel like myself when I heard him say that I immediately thought, is there something else going on with this guy that's not just like, okay, I let in a couple bad goals or, you know, had a few bad games. And you mentioned the pressure uh, having gotten to him. I think part of that is this, those other times that we, we sort of saw him answer, he answered pressure with a good game after it. This is like a string of bad games that are, you know, just kind of stringing on top of each other. And, you know, um, yeah, like you said, hard to watch. It's hard to watch. And it's a guy, we haven't seen this. We haven't seen that Carter Hart since, he, since he's come up with the Flyers. We haven't seen it. And, and I think last night, um, alarming would be the term that I think would best describe how he looked after the game. Yeah, and that's exactly what has surprised me, or it's the first time I've seen this of Carter Hart is exactly what you said, Joe. He's had clunkers. He's had bad games since he's been playing in Philadelphia uh, with the Flyers. He's had bad games, but his responses to them were – it was every time. 
It was constant. It was a constant response in a positive way. And you would just say to yourself, wow, this kid, his mental fortitude is for real. It is no joke. He is mature. He knows how to put a bad game in the past, focus on the next day, and come back. And I was, I was blown away by it at his age. It's the first time I've seen him look like he's just in his head a little bit. He's in his head and he's overthinking. He admitted that. He said, I'm overthinking. I need to get back to playing the game that I love, enjoying it again, not thinking too much. Um, and I think a lot of goalies say when they're thinking too much, it's when it's, it gets the best of them. It's, you just got to go out there and play and react. I think Carter Hart will be fine, but we'll get more into the, the, the short term now and the long term coming up with Carter Hart. I did just have one more point about Carter, and, and I think it's something that seems to plague him a little bit this year. He'll make the save on a breakaway, a great player on a breakaway, and he'll stop that shot. It's like the unscreened shot from the circle that beats him glove side, and I feel like that is maybe what's doing the damage because – a guy comes down and he does a deke and beats you on a, on a breakaway, you, you know, you tip your cap, it's a breakaway. Mm. A guy beats you with a shot where everybody's like, oh, he's going to want that one back. Those probably have a deeper effect. And I feel like that's what's been giving Carter the difficulty most of the time this year has been the, the, the more routine type of shot as opposed to the – sort of spectacular play by an offensive player that ends up beating a goalie. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. It's true, Joe. So often we've become... Not so often. We've become totally accustomed to him making the, the uh, regular save, just the, the run-of-the-mill save. Like he, If he sees the puck, he stops it, and that's what makes him so reliable. And then he makes the highlight reel ones when he needs to as well. Right now, he's just not making the ones that you expect him to stop, and you see him put his head in the air, and you know he's, he, he's frustrated. Because he, he, like his MO, is he, the thing he always says is, I want to stop the puck. And then sometimes you're like, well, that's real simple to say. But like, that really is his mindset. I, I want to stop the puck. I prevent the puck from going the net. That's my job. And right now he's letting in the ones that he knows he wants to stop and needs to stop, and that's what's eating him up. And uh, you think maybe there's, there's, a, there's a game here and there that comes up, and it, you know he'll have a couple good periods, and that confidence will come back. Um, but, Joe, are you more concerned? I think naturally when you see a young kid uh, struggle, a lot of fans are going to wonder, is he the real deal now? Maybe he was a, a one-time thing last year. Is he really the real deal? Are we going to see him struggle the rest of the way in his career, years to come? Um, and a lot of people, I think, are more concerned about the now, the short term of this season. they got to win games, and they're in a competitive division, and you don't, have a lot of, um, you don't have a lot of runway where you can give up a game or two or have your goalie have clunkers and work his way through it. Are you, I'm personally not concerned about the long term. I think the long term, Carter's going to be fine. Uh, the short term, I think uh, is more of a concern right now for me because this team is in win now mode 
and their young goalie uh, is struggling to help them to help them do that. Yeah, I think um, the long term is one thing, and if you're asking me what I'm more concerned about, long term I'm more concerned about Carter Hart. Short term, I'm more concerned about the defense because. Brian Elliott is not a goaltender where you're like, okay, if everything else breaks down, let's, this guy's going to bail us out. He's not like a bail us out of horrendous play on the ice goaltender. He, he, you know, he, he's a veteran in this league, but I think he himself, I mean, he's not an Andre Vasilevsky. He's not like Martin Brodeur used to be. And, you know, everybody always like the gold standard is like a Martin Brodeur type of guy. Those Martin Brodeur teams, only allowed like 20 some shots a game. Yeah. So those, the success goes hand in hand. Martin Brodeur is not, wasn't making 45 saves a game. So I don't think you can say, well, if all else fails, Elliot's going to bail us out. He's not that kind of goaltender. Is he playing well? Yes. But I feel like the Flyers defensive structure right now is in, is a massive problem. Um, there's not a ton of consistency with the lineup. Um, and then, you know, your top pair, uh, Provorov and Ghost, I don't know. Like, I feel like some games they seem great together and other games they don't. And, you know, Ghost's Ghost strength of his game is not defense. It's making things happen on offense. And we've seen him doing that recently. But the – Structurally on defense, I, I feel like this team is really in a bad place right now with that. Um, you know, especially when you get a team, you know, it's like last night, Buffalo, coming into this game, there's no Jack Eichel. So really, like when you look at their lineup, you're looking at Sam Reinhart. He's had some good games against the Flyers, Victor Olofsson. And then, like, take a look at the score sheet. It's Sam Reinhart and Victor Olofsson. Like, they're – why? You know, like, those, those are your guys. What, what, why are they allowed to um, sort of roam free? Go back to the previous Capitals game. Alex Ovechkin in five-on-five is, is wide open several times. Yeah. He's on power plays. And you know that guy is one of the most dangerous goal scorers in the history of the league. Yeah. And – it just seems like something's lacking and, and, and it, they can't work on defensive structure because there's not a lot of practice time. So, you know, something has to happen because they can't, I don't feel like they can play defense like this, no matter who the goaltender is and be successful in the long run. Yeah. Let's be clear. This is not all, not all on Carter Hart. Like it's a, it's a, um, it's a two way problem in the sense that yes, your goalie needs to be better. Carter Hart has not been himself. He hasn't been good. Let's put it right out there. But the play in front of him hasn't been good either. And that's affecting him as well. And it was just, it's such a polar opposite of what we saw last year in terms of their top pair on the blue line. Ivan Provrov and Matt Niskanen were a staple from day one and they never broke up and they were just so steady and reliable. You could count on them uh, in all situations for 22 plus minutes a night. Um, they were just dynamic and dynamite, and they were, they were just always there. And right now the Flyers have had the opposite. They've had a merry-go-round in their defensive pairs, constant change. And Elaine Vigneault came out today and even almost um, came out with a challenge today to say, hey, we have not found our Niski. Uh, we have not found that constant, in, that constant 
uh, next to Ivan Provorov uh, through 23 games. And I need someone to step up and do that. And they haven't. And you really need a, you need a top pair to lead the way. And they just haven't had that this year. And it's just led to so much leaky play in front of uh, their goaltender, a lot of missed assignments. Um, and to the point where when the puck is in the defensive zone, you can't – you don't feel safe with the Flyers playing in the defensive zone. So often you felt safe if you were a Flyers fan when you saw Matt Niskanen and Provorov get the puck in the defensive zone, they would get it out and get it moving. Um, and you just don't have that right now. And when you have a young goaltender who's fighting his confidence and you have, uh, you have constant uh, turnstile basically on your defensive pairs, it's a recipe for a lot of inconsistency. The Flyers need to figure it out. Jordan, I did have one more quick point on, on that. Like Matt Niskanen, one thing you always knew about Niskanen is that he was going to be sound defensively. And Niskanen was also a veteran that played on Stanley Cup teams. And I think this is part of the problem. That defense group that the Flyers have right now, there's a ton of youth. There's not a ton of experience. And – so your veteran guys are Justin Braun, who I don't think anyone would argue that he is a top pair defenseman at this point in his career. And Eric Gustafson, who through his career, his strength has been offense. It's not been defensively being sound. So I don't think they, I don't think that guy that Elaine Vigneault is looking for to step up. I don't know that that guy is on this roster currently. And I think that's part of the problem. Yeah, it's becoming – you're starting to think more and more, you know, you evaluate things. Teams evaluate things day to day, uh, and they do that with a, uh, a deadline in place of the trade deadline. <laughs> you do that with the trade deadline in the back of your mind of, okay, we have until April 12th to think, to see if we need to seriously consider external options. Uh, first, you look internally, and, and you give it a tryout and an audition, and – so far, just the audition is falling short with thinking the Flyers have exactly what they need internally. Could it change? Yeah, we, you know, we still have, you know, the, the whole – we have more than half of March left and a lot of games to play for the Flyers. So maybe someone steps up. Maybe Phil, Philip Myers answers Elaine Vigneault's challenge and becomes more consistent. Maybe Travis Sanheim becomes that 22- to 23-minute guy next to Provorov. Maybe Gossespierre uh, does it offensively and allows the Flyers to play – consistently in offenses that we'll have to see, but you're right. Justin Braun was so steady for them last year after Christmas, because quite frankly, he was playing in a third pair role. And, and right now you're kind of like throwing him up there in a top pair role and being like, Justin, be our, uh, be our Matt Niskanen. And, yeah. Like and while you're at it, find the fountain of youth and make it seven years ago when, you know, when he played top pair minutes for the sharks. Right. And that's not the player he is right now. No. And, you know, there's no switch or magic potion that's going to make him that player again. Um, and I, I think that's a problem. Yet, like, I think Phil Myers would be the ideal candidate to be that guy because he has the ability to play offense and he skates well enough to recover if he puts himself in a position where, you know, maybe he, he, he needs, you know, he takes a chance offensively, but he can get back defensively like I'm not going to say he's Brent Burns but like a Brent Burns type of guy who can skate or an Eric Carlson maybe like when he was on Ottawa um who can skate well enough to get himself back into being defensively sound even while playing that offensive game 
I think Myers is the most likely candidate. But again, Myers has battled through multiple injuries this year. So it's not like they've had Myers there all along. And it's like, oh, well, let's give this guy a try. He's been in and out of the lineup. So there's been a lot of factors working against them. And I, I, I'm starting to feel like back in the fall when Matt Niskanen announced his retirement and all of us started talking about, like, what are they going to do to replace him? I'm starting to feel like that uphill battle that everyone predicted is now a reality, and it may be even more of a reality than we thought it would be. I remember telling myself when Matt Niskanen retired and the Flyers were relatively low-key in free agency, and we understand we understood why. You know, like it's a flat-cap era, and they didn't believe anyone really was out there of the Matt Niskanen caliber, uh, aside from Alex Petrangelo. Let's be real, the Flyers weren't getting Alex Petrangelo. I just remember telling myself, okay, the Flyers are going in to this season replacing Matt Niskanen by a committee approach, re-signing Justin Braun, uh, signing Eric Gustafson, an offensive-minded guy, and, uh, and seeing if they can patch, kind of patchwork it. And I remember thinking to myself, man, if they struggle to prevent goals and shots and they really struggle in the back end, uh, Chuck Fletcher's going to come under the microscope a little bit and everyone's going to talk about, well, we didn't replace Matt Niskanen and – yeah, that's becoming a bit of a reality, 100%. I understand two, both sides of the coin. One, I don't really think there was anyone out there to get, uh, you know, Madness can retire. It just happened. Like, players, you know, it, it happened. And I don't know if there was anyone out there other than Alex Petrangelo that was really going to step in and be your Matt Niskanen. At the same time, could they have gone out there? Could they have been more active on the trade front uh, during the offseason? Uh, could they made a, a bigger splash? Uh, I'm not sure. I really don't know, but I, I think they're going to give us some time. And Joe, that's a perfect time to get right into our cold brew check presented by Duncan. Are you more concerned? And I, I feel like I, I'm reading the debate on Twitter constantly right now. Are you more concerned with Carter Hart and his play in net? Or are you more concerned about the team's defensive group? What is it for you? Right well, now? I, I, I kind of alluded to this earlier. I think in the long term, in the future of the team, if you're asking me that question, then the answer is Carter Hart. But right now, in this season, I'm more concerned about the defense because whether it be Elliott or Hart, right now, neither of these guys are the guys who are going to go. Now, they might steal a game here and there, and we saw Hart do that in the bubble. But these, the, the, these guys are not your prototypical, like, go out and steal a game and make up for every mistake on the ice. And – you just said a couple things that are pet peeves of mine. In all sports, when you hear the phrases by committee or patchwork, it's usually not going to go well. Yeah. When you're talking about replacing a guy that's up here with a group of guys down here and by committee, that's never going to work. That's, you know, there's a reason there's a reason that teams can't, you know, get a superstar for trading six players that are just okay. Right. Because it doesn't – that's not – like, the six guys don't make up for the one guy. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I'm, more, I'm more concerned about – if Elaine Vigneault says the main goal right now is to win hockey games, I'm more concerned about the defense because I don't think there's a structure. I don't think there's a consistency with the lineup. And I really, really um, – I don't think they have – enough of like a, a stay at home style of play on defense. They, I mean, Robert Hague's like maybe their only real stay at home defenseman. I mean, Justin Braun is, but 
we've talked about. I mean, he's not in the he's not in the prime years of his career right now. He's a third pair guy, and and that's fine. You need third pair guys, but third pair guys aren't playing twenty eight minutes. They're not playing thirty minutes in a game. So I, I I have significant concerns about the defense and the structure. Yeah, I feel like there's uh there's roles in sports for a reason, and you see it in baseball with closers like. Closures are real. Like, they, they are needed. It, and you see teams sometimes do, like, closing by committee, and it, it seldom works. And I feel like that's why you have a top-pair defenseman. I feel like that's why you typically want a number-one goalie and a solid backup. Like, you don't patchwork it together by getting two solid goalies and have this even split tandem. It, didn't, it doesn't really work. You can look at the history of it. It doesn't. You typically have one guy that you lean on a little bit more, and you deem them that, that number one. And then you have a guy that understands I am the steady backup that comes in when needed. Um, same thing with a top pair defenseman, same thing with, uh, a number two defenseman. Like it's tough to, it's tough to piece it together and have guys kind of come in, come out and, and and do it that way. And we're seeing the Flyers are struggling with that right now. Uh, they need more consistency in their personnel and they need more consistent play on the back end. And, um, for me more concerned, I probably say the defenseman, I, I don't really worry a ton about Cora Hart. Like, I know he's struggling right now mentally and then obviously on the ice physically too. I understand that, but I just, I've, I've seen too much from him going back to when he was drafted of how mature he is and how, how hard he works, how much he cares and wants to be good. Um, and I've seen him be good. So I, I have a feeling he'll, he'll get it right eventually. And, and to me, they have Brian Elliott who's playing out of, you know, out of his mind. I understand he's older, but I think he's a guy that can spell Carter Hart. We've seen it time and time again that he can spell Carter Hart. So I don't worry about them a ton in that. I, I, it's coverage. It's coverage in front. Um, and, yeah, Joe, I think they're blue liners, and they've been built like this. They're built – they're more offensive-minded, puck-moving guys. And when they're not playing in the offensive zone and they're struggling to score down there and really orchestrating the attack, if they're forced to play in the defensive zone and play and retreat a lot, um, yeah, I worry about that because I, I, I've seen it. And uh, it's okay that they're not built that way. Like, you're be- they always say a best defense is a, is a really good offense, and you get that on the back end. But, yeah, when they're, when they're having to play a lot in the defensive zone, we've seen them struggle. Uh, so, for me, that's my bigger concern over the goalies. Yeah, I think there's a couple other things, too. I, I'm concerned about fatigue with, when it comes to Provorov. He, he, I, I don't think you should have a guy playing, you know – upper 20s to 30 minutes a game in a regular season. In the playoffs, it's one thing, but that's going to have a long-lasting effect. And let's not forget this, too, about Carter Hart as well as the rest of it. These guys aren't getting practice. They're not getting days off. And, you know, I understand everybody's going through it, but when you look at it from, from a Carter Hart perspective, he has not played a normal season yet. He's not played a season that starts early October and it ends in the spring or summer, depending on where you finish in the playoffs. He hasn't done that yet. He's had seasons interrupted. He's had seasons start at different times. He got called up in the middle of a season. So he hasn't had anything normal. And then when you're trying to tinker and, and, and you have, okay, that's going to be our horse. And then, it, you know, all the other stuff we're just going to figure out as we go. And you don't have any practice time. You have a guy that's playing a ton of minutes and a bunch of patchwork behind it. You know, there's a saying in football, and I think that there's a was saying with goalies in hockey, if you have two goalies, you have none. Yeah. I feel like there's a little bit of that, not to that extreme, but, you know, in football, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. 
if you have two number one defensemen, you don't have any. Yeah. And it's, by the same token, if you have five or six, three or four defensemen, like five or six, number three or four, you don't have any ones. Like yeah. those threes and fours don't add up to make a number one. And I kind of feel like that's a little bit where the um, – where the Flyers are right now, and it's not a great place to be. No, and the Flyers are going to hope they can shore things up on the back end and in net uh, as March marches on because uh, it's, it's a crucial, crucial month before that trade deadline comes April 12th where the Flyers will have to understand uh, how active they're going to have to be on that front. Uh, but that is our cold brew check presented by Duncan. This season, be sure to grab a cold brew for game time because where there's hockey, there's Duncan. Joe, it's funny. This felt like a doom and gloom podcast. <laughs> they were coming off a win. But, hey, uh, let's be real uh, and honest. Uh, that 5-4 shootout winner of the Sabres had as many concerns as there was positives. That's just the reality of it. Uh, but the Flyers are 13-7-3, uh, and I think they're still in a good sh- – I think they're still in good shape. But uh, they need to start playing better in certain areas. Um, and, of course, yeah, they have some concerns in net. And that's, a never, that's never a good thing to hear, period especially when you have a 22-year-old kid, 22-year-old kid like Carter Hart. Uh, so the Flyers will have to figure it out. And they have two big games coming up to finish up this four-game homestand. They have the Capitals on Thursday night and Saturday night. Both games will be on NBC Sports Philadelphia. Have all, we have all the coverage on Flyers pre- and post-game live, and Joe Fordyce will be producing those shows. Check them out, fans. Uh, and we'll be excited to watch uh, the Flyers play the Capitals. More division games, of course, obviously, in this season. That's all they are, division games, East Division. Joe Forrest, thank you as always for joining us. Uh, great chatting with you. Looking forward to watching Flyers pre and post game live. A special thank you to Ben Barry, our podcast producer as well. And Flyers fans, as always, thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and subscribe. And we cannot wait to talk to you next time.